Welcome to Play by Players, an MLSPA podcast. This show is brought to you by the players and is all about the players, both past and present, who have plied their trade in MLS. You'll hear about each player's journey into the game, their careers and life after the game, on the field and off. It's all on the table. Now here's your host, former MLS player, Bobby Boswell. Welcome to another episode of Play by Players. Today we are joined by a two-time Supporter Shield winning midfielder. He has played over 260 professional games for the New York Red Bulls and Nashville FC. He is one of the Ironmen of MLS throughout his career. He has played in the MLS Academies, the MPSL, the USL, the MLS, the Open Cup, the CONCACAF Champions League. If, if it's MLS related, he has done it. Please welcome to the podcast, Sean Davis. Bobby, thank you so much for having me. That's quite the intro. I appreciate it. Uh, but you know, I love all things PA, so thank you for having me. Oh, well, we appreciate you coming on. I know um, there's a, a variety of people, uh, different fan bases that are, are excited uh, to hear your story. And uh, I look forward to telling it. So let's start. Uh, let's start back at the beginning. We we have had a ton of guys on the podcast, and I always say it's it's more indicative of, of the culture of New Jersey. But uh, there's just so many professional players that have come out of uh, that that state. Uh, your story starts in New Jersey. You're born in Long Branch. Uh, and then I might say this wrong, and I have to say it a lot, so we should get it right. Is it Homedale? Yes, Homedale. You nailed it. You nailed Homedale. it. Homedale. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, I would say that's Jersey Shore, uh, Long Beach, Long Branches, yeah. but okay. Yeah. So, Jersey Shore guy. Um, I know you have a big family. I think you have a brother and a couple sisters, um, yeah. and family is a, a huge part of your story, um, as, as I'm sure we'll have some listeners uh, that are that are checking you out for for your mom, which we'll dive yeah. into. But yeah. talk to me a little bit about your your family and and growing up in in New Jersey. Yeah, uh, you know I love New Jersey. I uh, loved growing up there, and you know even here in Nashville, guys will will ask me about it and try to better understand you know what's so great about that state. But I have nothing but good things to say about it. Uh, yeah, like you said, I grew up down the shore, um, you know, in a smaller town called Homedale, but. Um, you know, I remember playing every rec sport when I was a, a young kid, soccer, basketball, baseball, you know, my mom, um, who, like you said, we'll talk about later, she was my first rec coach uh, for a number of different sports, but especially soccer. And there's a photo, um, you know, floating around of me wearing a, a Metro Stars uh, rec soccer shirt, uh, you know, with my mom as the coach. And, um, you know, I just have great memories of, of growing up there. You know, I went there. Uh, I went through school there, you know, uh, elementary school, high school, a little bit of high school before going to, to IMG uh, back when there was residency, which uh, some people might not be familiar with. Um, and then, you know, I headed up to, to Duke, but just growing up in New Jersey with my family was great. Uh, like you mentioned, um, you know, I have a, a younger brother and two older sisters who I'm very close with um, as well. And, you know, just nothing but great memories from my childhood. Yeah, and you, you jumped way ahead there, which is fine. You know, we're, we're going to get to all that. Um, you know, I, I really like your story in that, um, you know, it's kind of funny. You talk about your mom and she's she's this influencer um, and we'll talk about her. But a lot of people are like, oh, I, I realized her last name was Davis, but they're like, I didn't even know they were related. And then it, the people were like, is Sean Asian? And, yeah. uh, and I think your story, your grandparents story is a, a really unique one. Um, and that it's my understanding that your your grandfather was uh, a U.S. Army. Uh, he represented the U.S. in World War II as an interpreter. 
and um, you know the the less popular side of American history. Right. Your your grandmother was uh, in the internment camps, which I always tell people uh, I love history. So it's like if you want to go see what actually happened versus what they teach us, right, um, exactly. look, at, look at what happened after Pearl Harbor yeah. to the Japanese people. Um, but I think it's it's a really cool story and and talk about how that influenced you know you have some Asian ancestry yeah. and how that influenced you growing up. Yeah, without a doubt, and it's something you know I grew up in a town uh, where we do have you know a lot of Asian representation, and so for me it was always uh, I guess normal. It felt normal, um, but I've come to appreciate my my heritage more as I've gotten older, especially since I've gone pro and um, started to understand the culture a little bit more. Um, but like you mentioned, yeah, my grandparents met uh, in an internment camp in, in Minnesota. And, you know, that's something that when I look back on and like yourself, uh, you know, I, I love history, uh, especially U.S. history. And while I'm no expert, I do find it uh, fascinating. And so um, to think about how my parents, uh, my grandparents had met and uh, my mom growing up in New Jersey, in Fort Lee, New Jersey, and hearing about her different experiences growing up um, as a Japanese American, I think that's really interesting to me. And it helps me better understand who I am just because of Japanese culture. And, you know, while every culture has their their pros and their cons, obviously, um, you know, what I have come to appreciate is the discipline and, and hardworking, um, you know, nature of, of Japanese people and Japanese Americans. And, you know, when I think about my mom, she's certainly that. And, you um, while my grandparents passed away when I was uh, younger, I didn't get to know them as well as I would have liked. Um, you know, the stories that my mom has passed on, um, you know, reflect that work ethic and, um, you know, honest nature uh, a lot. And so uh, I've been fortunate enough to, to travel to Japan twice. I actually went with Aaron Long um, and Tim Schmoll, another buddy of mine who I played with at Red Bull. Uh, we went back in 2019, right before COVID. And then I recently went to Japan as soon as the border opened um, uh, this past year, uh, as soon as the season ended with my fiance. So, um, you know, getting in touch with my my Japanese roots has been a lot of fun for me. Uh, my mom actually just went to Japan with my brother, um, who's sort of the brains behind the operation. Uh, they went to Japan for three weeks as well. So, um, it's something that we're very proud of, without a doubt, and continuing to learn about, continuing to try to better understand. But, um, you know, when I first entered the league, uh, you know, uh, AAPI wasn't uh, really celebrated too much. And so this has become a, a recent, not a recent thing, but it's become much more popular uh, over, I'd say, the last three or four years. And I think it's great to to have even more inclusivity. And, you know, I think that's something that the league and the PA does really well and something maybe um, that's not as uh, focused on in, in other leagues across the world. So I know that's a long-winded answer, but I'm definitely proud of my my Japanese roots and always trying to learn more about it. No, I think that's great. I, I, there's so much we could unpack there. Um, yeah. You know, coronavirus, I know you were active, yeah. um, you know, with your with your platform there on how people were, were treating Asian people. Right. And, you know, uh, it's, I always say history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And, right. and you kind of got to see a little bit of that, unfortunately. But uh, I think it's awesome that you have a platform and you use it that way. Uh, let's go back. We'll go back to soccer. Um, you had a, a several clubs growing up. I know you said you're, you're, you talk about a picture yeah. um, and your mom was like your first rec coach. Uh, in doing some research for this, it, it seems like you're a hot commodity. There are a lot of clubs that claim <laughs> Uh, they claim Sean Davis in New Jersey. You got the Homedale 
Bulldogs, the NJSA 04 Academy, Match Fit Academy, which I'm not really sure what that is. And then, of course, the New York Red Bull Academy. But it seems like uh, a lot of people wanted you. You're probably a very talented player early on. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I consider myself lucky. I was able to bounce around a little bit and meet so many uh, great people along the way. You know, I have so many friends from youth soccer days, as I'm sure you do as well. You know, it's a, it's a great time in, in our, you know, careers where you're traveling around, you're spending a lot of time with your parents. And, um, you know, like I said, it, there's just so many great memories uh, from that time. And that's something that I try to stress to, to players these days, you know, and when you're talking to younger players, uh, just trying to remind them that that time you get with your parents, the time you get with your youth soccer friends, you know, you'll remember that stuff forever. So, while you're always itching to go pro and kind of take the next steps and um, develop as a player, it's also uh, important to try to appreciate those, those moments. But yeah, I bounced around a lot and um, you know, like I said, met a lot of great people um, was trying to find my footing at, at different clubs and always trying to think about what gave me the best chance for my development. So um, you know, eventually, uh, you mentioned match fit. Uh, yeah, there's just so many, uh, great clubs in New Jersey that were, were helpful in, in, uh, helping me progress as a, as a player and, you know, coming back to, to Red Bull Academy and being able to, you know, grow there and establish some, some roots and kind of riding that wave through, um, youth soccer help, help set me up for success in, in the program game. So it's amazing to think about how much, and you know, even better than me, how much, uh, academies have grown over the years and how important they are. And now you're seeing kids sign at su su such a young age, and then having the ability to play in MLS next and, you know, USL and, um, having that uh, kind of foundation uh, gives players a, a great chance to have longer careers. So, um, you know, it's interesting to think also about college soccer and and that being um, another route. And, you know, it almost feels like that's the the last of a dying breed now as, as academies become bigger and bigger. But um, I'm definitely thankful for my path um, through youth soccer, college soccer, and, you know, where I am today. Yeah, I've been very critical of, of, kids not going to college for you know just to become uh become adults um that's sure. that's, that's my opinion we'll dive into I, that a little yeah. bit um you talked about that photo you're wearing a a new york uh metro stars jersey new york new jersey metro star yeah. shirt and uh, it reminded me of like uh, the old shootouts where tab ramos had his <laughs> shirt and, and it looked huge on you but it was mm -hmm. like those shirts were just huge back then it looked huge on right. tab when he played and uh, it got, you know, and looking at some stuff here, it looks like you actually had some interactions with Tab and that uh, Jay, is it Tettlebaum? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Tettle, he, was, uh, he was one of your longtime coaches. He started uh, one of the academies that, or the NJSA 04 team yeah. that you were part of, and, and he did that with Tab Ramos. And that kind of seems to be the theme of a lot of guys in the Jersey area that you just have a, a real um, luxury of great coaches and right. people that want to develop the game. And um, I'm sure that your story is no different in that you had some excellent coaches growing up. Yeah, for sure. And and Tab is obviously a legend where, where I come from, and he's a legend in general. And so I'm always rooting for him and hoping that he does well. I know now he's coaching um, at Hartford. And, um, you know, it's just great to see, you know, one day he was a player and now he's a coach. And to see that progression uh, has been really cool. But he Definitely has a big influence on youth soccer in New Jersey. Um, he created NJSA, which is a club that I that you mentioned and one that I played for for a few years. And 
um, you know, he's from my area and even now his son is a coach. So, um, you know, coaching is a, a huge part of development and, um, you know, as much as I've met so many great players along the way, it's also important to recognize the coaches and uh, how they've helped me. And, you know, every, every coach is different. Every coach has a different approach. And, um, you know, I think that they all played a, a super important role in uh, me developing, me finding the right training, me, uh, you know, being integrated into different teams. And so I'm always super grateful to, to catch up with coaches that I've had in the past because they've all played such an important role. Yeah, and I knew I knew you'd be humble on this podcast, and that's what I'm here to I'm here to brag for you. Um, uh, Tunnelbaum talked about at an early age your discipline, and um, that's been a consistent theme. And anything I read about you is that you're a very disciplined, very process oriented. Um, you know, I joke around and say you you apparently are part of this 5 a.m. club before <laughs> the before the 5 a.m. club was even a thing. Um, discipline seems to be. Uh, something that's really helped you thrive. And, and I, I bring that up because I think that professionals have to be disciplined. And, um, you know, there's guys even at the professional level that aren't as disciplined and, and people are shocked to hear that. But in your case, um, when we when I throw around the word like Ironman and, um, you know, how many games you played, you know, you set some some records in terms of minutes played. And uh, I saw one stat you ran like 20 miles more than the next closest guy in a season, which is absurd to think about. Um, you know, talk a little bit about that discipline and, and, and how it's really helped you become so successful. Yeah, for sure. You know, when I think about, um, you know, my career, uh, when I think about my entire journey, it's definitely come down to discipline. And, you know, even when I speak to young kids, uh, you know, I know they'll watch on TV some incredible players and, um, you know, players like Hani Mukhtar that are just unbelievable and uh, you know, and he works extremely hard in his own right, but he has talent that I just don't have. And so for me, it always just comes back to discipline and work ethic. And that's what's always, um, you know, allowed me to progress. And so um, when I speak to young players, it's it's always important for me to tell them that there's no magic pill, there's no magic button. And instead, it just takes a lot of hard work. And it takes, uh, you know, it's not the, se the sexiest answer. Um, but it's it served me well and just outworking people, um, staying focused, staying um, humble and disciplined. That's gone a long way for me in, in establishing myself in, in this league. And I, you know, the my my thesis on the league, and I'm sure you have a similar viewpoint, is that it just continues to improve year over year. And it's important for me to uh, continue to grow along with the league if I want this to continue to be my job. So. Uh, I'm never comfortable. Uh, I'm always trying to um, to improve and, and work. And it served me well up until this point, but the work never stops, you know. So, um, you know, if, if there was one word to describe me as a player, I think, uh, you know, discipline would be one that I'd re be really happy to hear. And, and your, your missus is a marathon runner, too, right? <laughs> She is. Yeah, she yeah, so, is. She's so, actually so, out of the house right now for a race. So, so I was going to uh, say, are, 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 are you, who's more disciplined between the two of you? It's probably a yeah. toss up. Yeah, I've been really impressed. Uh, my fiance, she's extremely disciplined as well. <laughs> she she'll wake up and do her training uh, before she works. So uh, it's been super impressive to see her progress. And luckily, this last offseason in New York, I was able to watch her run the marathon, which was um, something I'm I'm really proud of. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right, we're, we're, we're at this age, you know, as you talk about, we're going from the academies and you kind of go through the academy to the pro level. But I know at high school, it was like the 
the home Dell Hornets was your high school. I think you're only there for a year because you, you alluded to earlier that uh, you got pulled into the residency program. For those that don't know, it's the IMG Academy out of Bradenton. Uh, that's where a lot of the national teams used to take the residency. Guys would go live down there. And uh, you spent maybe, was it two years, a year and a half down there with, with that yeah, program? Exactly, yeah. And, and how'd you come about uh, even being involved with something like that? That's the 40, you know, 30 to 40 best right. players in the country that in the middle of high school, which I always thought was crazy, yep. um, you just make a decision to go live and, and yeah. live, eat, breathe soccer uh, with, with a bunch of the other best uh, kids around the country. Right. Yeah, it wasn't the, the biggest prospect in New Jersey when I was in middle school and my freshman year of high school. Um, but I was able to continue to work hard and um, eventually started getting looks uh, with ODP, which uh, I don't know how many listeners are, are familiar with ODP these days, but, um, you know, make the, the state team with New Jersey and then go to regional camp. And, you know, one thing led to another. And finally, I was able to uh, progress and uh, get recognition at the at the national team level. And uh, from there, I would, you know, I'm a 93. So with residency, it always fell on on the even year. So I was actually playing up a little bit. Um, but it was just a, an experience that I really wanted and uh, something that I, I worked pretty hard for at a, at a young age. And it was a difficult uh, decision to leave my parents, leave high school, a normal high school experience. But, um, you know, the silver lining was that I was able to come back uh, for my senior year and experience uh, high school that way. And so it was uh, it's always fun to reflect on the, the kid I was before I, I left for residency and then the kid uh, I was when I came back. And, um, you know, it was just a, a transformation for sure. Um, and that was a time in my life where I did need to get humbled a little bit. And um, that's when I started looking for colleges. And it wasn't always easy. Um, it's not like I had a million offers. Um, but I did uh, get fortunate enough to, to have a good uh, under 18 national team camp. And from there, uh, I got a few more offers. I was actually ready to go to UNC. Um, I was set on Chapel Hill, went for a visit, and then Duke came calling. And my mom, um, so my mom, actually, she she's big on education. She went to MIT in Boston. And then my dad, um, he's a veteran, but he never went to college. And so it was always really, really important for um, both my mom and my dad that I went to school. And you touched on it earlier, but it was a super important experience for me and something that I think is really important for just your overall development as a human being. So I know we'll get into that later, but uh, that's kind of a, a summary of my high school experience. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate that it led to Duke. Well, and, th and that process when, you know, uh, mainly I'm, I'm kind of wondering at what point, like you, you're doing, you know, you're on a, the youth national teams pretty, yeah. you know, before that happened, the residency program. Um, when did you start believing like, okay, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go pro. Like, did you believe it before you went to Duke? Um, or was it, was it when you were at Duke that you made that? Well, I, I, yeah, I think I was pretty honest with myself that um, although there were a little bit of talks with, with Red Bull about signing um, a contract at a high school, obviously the money was uh, not what it is today. Um, so it made it pretty easy like I said, my parents were really big on education as well. And I think that I just knew that I wasn't ready for a pro experience and that I, I almost wanted to hedge my bets. I, I always wanted to go pro, but at the same time, I wanted to get an education. I wanted to get a college experience. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to get that and stay for three and a half years. I remember doing summer classes and 
things of that nature to get my degree. But, um, you know, I always wanted to go pro, but I wanted to make sure that if that didn't work out, that I had some options after that. So that's ultimately why, why I ended up going to Duke. And, you know, I'm really happy I did that. Yeah. And, and you were still training, uh, when you were coming back, like your senior year, you didn't do high school. Right. I know that, right. uh, you're, I think, uh, I remember Dan, Dan Metzger, I think went to this, yep. was one of your buddies and he was at Maryland and they used to train with DC. And, right. um, yeah, I know he was in your program. That had to be hard to kind of see your high school team do yeah. well, but it wasn't like you were just sitting around, you were still training with the, the Red right. Bull, uh, Academy. And, and it's my understanding you were getting some first team reps as well. in that process. Yeah. With, yeah without a doubt. I was, uh, you know, it, it was an interesting experience because on one hand I had Dan Metzger who, um, also went pro eventually. Um, but at the time he was playing high school soccer, doing incredible things at, at school and, um, doing really well for the high school team. But I was focused on Red Bull and also focused on my academics because in order for me to, to get through Duke, just because of my kind of choppy high school experience, I needed to, uh, continue to bolster my, my, uh, resume a bit. So, at the time I was really focused uh, on school. I was focused on training with Red Bull and, and also got reps with the first team. So um, it was a, an, an important experience, but at the same time, um, I wasn't able to have that typical kind of high school senior year. Did, did the training with Argentina happen before college or after? <laughs> yeah, that was before college. So yep. basically Argentina came to play the, the national team and they just needed some cones to, to kick around. And so they chose our academy team and we had a great time and have pictures uh, that we look back on and until this day, you know, and so that was a, another great opportunity, uh, especially being a high school kid training with Messi and Mascherano and Di Maria, you know, it was awesome. Yeah, I would say that's uh, that's like the pinnacle of uh, of the nonchalant soccer fan, meaning they're like they know two people in the world, Messi yeah. and Ronaldo. And that's like, hey, do you know you ever met Messi or play with Messi? And most people can yeah. say no. Uh, but exactly. in your case, it's like, yeah, like my kids would think that's the coolest, like you're right. 10 times cooler than me because you, exactly. you've met Messi. But yeah. uh, you kind of downplayed, like you didn't get a lot of offers and you didn't have some options, but you were one of the top recruits in the country uh, coming out. And uh, obviously you go to Duke. Um, Duke is an incredible uh, school for a lot of reasons. It's a lot of fun to hate Duke. Uh, which, you know, there's a larger population of people that hate Duke, but you have to appreciate the academic side and the athletic side and to do those together. It's pretty impressive. Um, you were, a, you know, we won't go too far into it, but you were a, a two-year captain there. Uh, you won ACC and were voted ACC midfielder of the year while you were there. You were honored with a, a ton of academic um, awards for your work in the classroom. Um I'm just such a big fan of college just because, like I said, you're fine. You find yourself as a, as an adult, um, you know, talk a little bit about, I know in your case, you speak a lot about more of the friendships that you made and, and that, that bond that you have. Uh, but why, you know, why do you feel college is important just like I do in terms of, you know, going yeah. if you can. Yeah. I mean, first of all, every player has their, their own path. Right. And so it's not for me to, to judge, but, all I can say is that I, I agree with you in that, um, you know, I was just a kid going into school and going into college specifically. And, um, you know, again, it was a, a transformational period uh, from when I started school as a freshman in 2011 and compared to where I was in 2014, when I was finally ready to 
to go pro, you know, I finally felt like a, a man. I felt like I just had learned so much being off of my own, having to balance school and soccer and manage relationships. And, um, you know, I just think it was a really important social um, experience for me. Um, and having uh, friendships for life is another thing. You know, I, I'm really close with my college buddies and continue to stay close with them. But, um, you know, kind of tying that into soccer, um, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of was being captain for my hometown team of, of New York Red Bulls. And, uh, you know, the the story that my college coach likes to tell um, is that, you know, when I, I think it was 2021, I told him uh, it was a, a really good year for me. And I told him that I don't think I would be able to be a captain, uh, you know, of a professional team without my experiences in college, you know, without being a leader there, um, it helped prepare me um, to take on some bigger challenges at the at the pro level and helped give me that foundation to weather the storm at times, deal with adversity and and ultimately just be become a more well-rounded person. I think college played a huge role for me. And so while I know it's important for for young players uh, to go pro and it's something that they're chasing, you know, everybody has a different uh, story and a different path and you have to be honest with yourself. And for me, that was going to college and, you know, that was probably the best decision I made for my career. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt the, uh, that you got a scholar or a, uh, uh, a diploma from, yeah. from Duke. Is it sociology, but yeah. Uh, and, and business, but yeah. And business. Oh, no, <laughs> nice humble brag there. You know, it's very Dukeish of you. I like it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about signing the homegrown contract. Um, and did you, I, I, I have to imagine when you're winning, uh, anyone that wins an ACC award, you know, for their play on the field, um, they're probably going to get a shot at it. But you, you had to have known, uh, you know, going back and forth that you're I think you did a little bit of PDL and had some success okay. there. Um, you had to know, OK, I'm going to I'm going to get an opportunity here. Just kind of walk walk through what it was like the process of becoming that you were the ninth guy to sign a homegrown contract yeah. for the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, it was a really interesting time for me um, just because. You know, I was taking um, a bit of a longer path to go pro in MLS. And while it was still common at the time, um, it's definitely not as easy, um, you know, staying until your senior year and then hoping that things work out. But uh, there was always kind of a plan in place. Uh, you know, I always tried to stay in touch with the club um, during the summer, during the season and also during the summer. Um and I tried to make sure that I would go home and play PDL and play MPSL and, um, you know, make sure they didn't forget about me. But um, it's interesting because at the same time, Red Bull was in a much different place. You know, they had Henri and Marquez and, um, you know, some really big name players and they had a different approach um, to when I actually, um, you know, stepped foot with the team and started at my first preseason. Uh, actually, when I signed in December of 2014, that's when Mike Pecky was was let go. And then Jesse Marsh took over. And I just remember thinking I had a great relationship with Mike Pecky. And when I would go home in the summers and train with the first team, he was the coach and he was very supportive. And, um, you know, I always felt like, you know, he had my back and that it would be great to sign there and, and play under him. Unfortunately, it never worked out that way. Um, but at the same time, I remember being down at Duke getting a call from uh, Jesse in January, I had already graduated, but I was training down there. And, um, you know, at the same time, they were signing a lot of other players in my position, and I wasn't really sure where I stood. But looking back on that, I felt I felt like Jesse uh, was 
you know, the most important coach that I, I had in my career just because of the timing and also because of what he stood for. And so he was really helpful in, in my development. Um, but I'm, I'm really grateful that Red Bull transitioned um, their approach. They had a much more uh, like youthful approach uh, when, when I signed, they were, they had just started the USL team, Red Bull two. Um, and so it was just a, a great path for me and ended up working out perfectly. But um, I was unsure at the time, but at the same time, um, having a degree made me uh, really go for it and and uh, be less concerned about what was going to happen in the future and really just focus on the present. Yeah, and you referenced the MPSL there and the the U23 group. Um, you you were a part of the team that won that championship. That was your first uh, your first hardware kind of at the at the pro ish level yeah. and. I think you had the the, uh, the assist right in the game. You yeah. had a game winning assist in that in that yep. uh, final, so that's pretty cool. Um, you know, you you talk about this team and signing players. Um, you came into a stack team. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I that some of my you know my real battles. You know, going from Houston, the you know we always struggled with New York. We seemed to always meet up with them and. Uh, Olave in the back and just I mean just a, a beast of a group and then I got to DC and then you've got just you know probably the league's best midfield and and Dax and Sasha and uh, it hurts me to say Felipe um, but you get you really come in behind some really great players and they're pretty established and and they're they're successful what's your mindset I know it's great because you get to learn from those guys but it's also hard and that it's really hard to you know, to surplant those guys, um, if I use yeah. that word correctly. So talk to me yeah. just a little bit about, um, you know, what was your, what was your thinking? I know Jesse's, uh, you know, apparently great at keeping guys engaged and, and, you know, mm -hmm. how did you, how did you accept coming in and saying, you know what, I might not be a starter, but I, I look at who's ahead of me right now. Yeah. I think, um, you know, at first I was just happy to be a pro, right. I know that, um, I was really fortunate to, to be in that position, um, and, and fortunately I had a couple years guaranteed. So I knew I at least had some time to establish myself. Um, I also felt good about them having a USL team. And I knew that Jesse, Chris, Dennis Hamlet, Chris Armis, Dennis Hamlet, they were watching, uh, every single game. And so I just felt like they were very supportive, the coaching staff. And, uh, you know, that gave me a lot of hope and, it wasn't that they were just watching the game in the background, you know, they could reference specific plays, they could reference, um, you know, how the game went, what was good, what was bad, and then we'd sit down and talk about it and watch video on it. And so that gave me a lot of confidence that that mattered. Um, training was really important to them as well. And so, uh, you know, your performance in training would earn you minutes during the week. And, um, you know, that's eventually how I was able to, to win them over. And so, um, it was just a really good environment for a young player looking back on it. And you touched on it as well, playing in front of uh, playing behind players like you mentioned, Sasha, Dax, Felipe, uh, specifically in the midfield. Um, there was just so much to learn. These are seasoned vets. These are guys that, um, you know, had really established themselves in the league. And so um, having them in the locker room every single day was helpful. Um, and I didn't even have time to think about, OK, when am I going to play for the first team? I just knew that. Um, you know, they were enjoying having me around. They, they, uh, appreciated, um, you know, the way I showed up to work and I just felt like I was on the right path. And I think Jesse did a great job of really establishing that culture early on. 
Yeah, and I think, um, you know, you start, you play a little bit in the, um, you know, for Red Bull too. And I, I always, I love that. I think guys, you know, you got to get minutes somewhere. And, and as long as you're, you're getting those, I was always frustrated when guys would talk about that as like a downgrade. It was like, you got to get minutes. So you, you took advantage of that. You started making some headway with the first team and, and playing there. Um, you know, you were featured in the 24 under 24 because of your age and how good you were. I know you played in the Chipotle homegrown game. Like, so you were starting to get some, some, uh, some real minutes and some real recognition. And then it just kind of, uh, it goes into a whole nother level where, uh, you start becoming a more regular player and you play a ton of games. You guys win, uh, you know, two different supporter shields. You were part of those teams. Um, you know, the, the fan base there really, uh, embraced you because you were one of their own. Um, just talk a little bit about, you know, that organization and, and there aren't many guys that we have on that aren't really bitter about how something ended. Yeah. And we don't have to go too far into that, but you know, it's my understanding that you you're, you're very at peace with, with everything. I think they're at peace. Um, but you had so much success there. Part of that was because of the group and the coaches and, but it was also a big part of, of players like you. Um, and, and what, what does it mean to you to, when you look back on those Red Bull days? Yeah. You know, I, I love, the playing for Red Bull and I loved my time there and it, it was fantastic. Um, you know, obviously having my family and friends there, but um, having great teams, great locker rooms, great coaches um, and obviously great fans. And um, it was a, a really special chapter in my career. It's where I was able to really get things going and finally establish myself. And uh, you know, 2018 was a special year with the team that we had in uh, winning supporter shield because as you know, it's it's hard to win in this league. And so um, to have a year like that, I feel extremely blessed. And um, even moving on from from that year, uh, you know, I'm grateful for all my coaches there, you know, Jesse, Chris, Bradley Carnell, who's doing extremely well in St. Louis and Gerhard, you know, they were all great coaches that that helped in my development. Um, and, you know, be, becoming captain was something that I was really proud of. And, uh, you know, it was challenging, um, you know, having a new coach. Um, but ultimately being a coach that brought the best out of me and then also having a, a really young group, Red Bull had, um, gotten really, really young, um, by the time I was captain. And so navigating that whole situation, again, I think that ties into my time at Duke and, um, you know, being an upperclassman working with freshmen and trying to understand their lives and connect with them in a way that gets the best out of them. Um, you know, showing them that you genuinely care about, who they are as a person and player, you know, those were all important lessons that I took from college, but yeah, it was a really, really special time in my career. You know, it was great going back this year to Red Bull arena. It's just a special place. And, um, you know, it always will be for me and I'll have nothing but great things to say about that club. Yeah. And, and you know, some of those, you talk about the transition from old to young, um, you know, some of the guys that were there were, were real veterans in, in terms of, you know, people still know Dax and, and Sasha, um, but you had Robles and goal who he was a, a, a force to be reckoned with in terms of, uh, you know, leadership. And yeah. you had BWP um, who was kind of a, a quiet force. Right. Um, so you, you kind of had this real transition or all of a sudden now, and, and I look at you, I, I, I still see like a boy, meaning like <laughs> I feel old, you know, but, but I mean, like you're considered a, a, a really, really established veteran in the league, but I feel like, that's something you say about someone who's going to be out of the league in a few years. And I don't think that that's the case. So I, I call, I call you like a, a young veteran, but 
for you to be a captain of that team. And I remember they like, you had to speak. Right. And like, I've, I've been captains of teams. I never had to give like a, Hey, I'm the captain now, like <laughs> captain Phillips type speech. Uh, but you had to do it in front of like the whole organization that, that I know you had been a captain in college, but this, to me, that seems like a very different beast, you know, talk a little bit yeah. about, you know, just finding out the day of, Hey, I'm the captain. And now you, Hey, by the way, we often need you to go tell the whole organization, like yeah. you're going to be the leader. Yeah, it was uh, overwhelming for sure. Just a wide range of, uh, of emotions, but um, you know, Chris Armis was the coach at the time and uh, you know, I'll always be grateful for, for Chris's guidance, but yeah, it was a, a surprise, um, you know, and uh, it took some adjustment for sure, but I just remember having to go upstairs at Red Bull Arena and speaking in front of the club and trying to reassure everyone that that I was the right person for the job. And, um, you know, we had three or four games and then COVID hit. And, um, you know, there were so many different issues going on in our country. Um, and it, coming from such a diverse part of, of our country uh, in New York, you know, I felt like it was important to try to navigate uh, those waters a bit. And I'm not going to say I got everything right, but I, it, it was a challenge in a different way. Uh, but again, I, I, I can't stress this enough. My time in school helped me um, with all of that. And, you know, having to do presentations uh, at Duke in front of, you know, a lot of people, I think that helped give me the confidence to, to speak in front of not only uh, the organization, but more importantly, in front of the guys and trying to be aware of how I came across, trying to be genuine with them. Um, that was really important. And I also think that, uh, having Jesse as, as, as my first head coach was really important in that too. And, um, you know, having all that, the seasoned veterans that you had mentioned, those guys were so important in me becoming, uh, you know, the player and, and person that, that I am today. And Alex Muriel and I, uh, who Alex obviously plays here at Nashville, we always think back about those Red Bull days and how how lucky we were we were to have um, you know the coaches and the players that we had in that locker room and we wouldn't be um, you know in Nashville today without that. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and we'll get into a little bit about the some of the guys that you're you know you you've you got history with probably every guy in the league, but especially the team you're on now in Nashville. Um, let's go back to. Uh, you talk about some difficult times. COVID was obviously a challenging time. Uh, I think one of the cooler stories uh, in in your journey is the year where y'all y'all snuck in the playoffs. And and you know you've never missed the playoffs uh, in MLS. I knocked on wood for you. Um, uh, that year, your your parents are battling cancer, and you you know I, I talked about you logging a ton of miles on the field. You were logging a ton of miles off the field. Uh, and going and seeing them in the hospital, um, would you say that was, you know, it had to have been one of the more challenging but fulfilling years of your career? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it tested me uh, in a way that, um, you know, I could never imagine. And, you know, no one asked for that, but and no one understands it at the time. But, um, you know, it, it was a, a just a crazy time. I, I was in a contract year. Uh, my parents were going through a lot. My family was going through a lot. Um, I didn't want to be the first, you know, the first captain, uh, to miss the playoffs in X amount of years either. You know, I wanted to, to feel like I was the right man for the job. It's, uh, you know, I wanted to lead the the club in the right way. And, you know, fortunately Gerhard Schruber, the coach at the time, um, he was very supportive. Uh, I do feel like he brought, um, you know, the best out of me at the time. And, 
Um, you know, he was also very understanding about what was going on with me off the field as well. And so his support um, was was really meaningful to me and, and still is meaningful to me. Um, but uh, we did sneak into the playoffs, which is, uh, you know, even when I think back on it, uh, something one of my proudest uh, achievements at Red Bull, the shield was great, but this was special in a different way. We were counted out. We were having heart to heart conversations every single, um, you know, away trip, every single uh, result that didn't go, go our way. We were trying to turn things around and we had such a young group, an inexperienced group that, um, you know, it just felt like maybe this wasn't going to be the year. But again, I think Gerhard, the coaching staff did a great job and we were able to go on a super memorable run, which actually on uh, the last day of the regular season, we played Nashville got a very important point and uh, snuck into the playoffs. So it's funny how everything's connected, but um, yeah, that, that year 2021 was challenging for me, but um, you know, I think that uh, it really showed me that, you know, I could, I could really do anything. And uh, without that year, I wouldn't be in Nashville, which is a place I'm, I'm very happy in right now and extremely grateful for too. Yeah, I was gonna. I was trying to think of you know teeing you up for like what was your best memory at Red Bull Arena and obviously uh, celebrating. I think you had uh, three different trophies that you 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 celebrated there. I think uh, you scored twice against Chelsea, which that you know that that gains a lot of uh, notoriety and attention when you do that. But obviously, uh, you know when you're the captain and and you, you lead the team to the postseason, that's a that's a great yeah. thing too. Let's talk a little bit about free agency. Um, we talked about you, you left on relatively good terms. At least that's, that's what we presented to the media and, and I'm happy with that. Um, yeah. You know, talk to me a little bit about, you knowing your time comes to an end in New York and New Jersey and, 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 you know, how basically Nashville put the, the full court press on you to get you yeah. down there. Yeah. First off, I got to shout out the, the PA for, for getting free agency. I know when I entered the league in 2015, and all those veterans made me be a young player rep right from the get-go. Um, you know, free agency was uh, was just starting starting up, and um, it's certainly grown over the years. And I was really fortunate to have it in 2021. And it's it's rare uh, to to get to free agency, um, especially if you're the captain of the club. And so it was a complex situation. And you know, the way I looked, I went into it, I, I understood that it was going to be a business, uh, you know, and it doesn't always work out how you originally thought it would. And so we we did our best to, to try to get a deal done. Um, but as time went on, you know, it was just a little bit complicated because I was a, an older player um, in terms of uh, the Red Bull philosophy. And, um, you know, I knew it was going to be complicated. Uh, but I was mostly just focused on, you know, playing the best I could, um, you know, seeing every, when, when the contract talks weren't going well, I just saw every game as an opportunity as a, as a tryout almost, you know, and I had a coach that was extremely supportive of me. So, um, you know, on one hand, I could look at things through a negative lens, but I just saw it as a great opportunity and, uh, you know, come the end of the year. Um, finally, when the season ended, I was able to have discussions along with my agent and, and other teams. And uh, yeah, Nashville just blew it out of the water. I think Mike Jacobs did a, an incredible job um, recruiting me. And actually it's funny. He has, uh, he has Duke ties from, you know, the early two thousands where he was a, an assistant coach. And so I just felt like, um, you know, he knew who I was. He had a very good understanding of, of what I was looking for and, um, you know, my, my trip to Nashville was just incredible and he did a great job. And 
Um, you know, I'm really happy with how everything's worked out. It's, it's a great club. They treat the players really, really well. Um, you know, we're getting a new facility. We have a brand new stadium. Uh, it's an awesome sports city. Um, and so without free agency, I wouldn't have been able to maybe uh, experience this. And so I'm really grateful for, for my entire journey and especially for ending up here at this point in my career. Yeah, and, and when I reference the uh, full court press, I, I mean that they flew uh, they flew John and his girlfriend at the time down on a private jet and yeah. uh, took him around town and and, and kind of wined and dined him. I know you had some serious interest from Orlando, who uh, I don't want to talk bad about Orlando or Vancouver, uh, but those were other teams that were very interested uh, among, you know, they were the leaders in terms of uh, where you could go. And I felt like uh, the easy path would have been to go to one of those teams because you probably would have locked in uh, a starting role instantly versus a team like Nashville, where there's competition at pretty much every position there in the, in my opinion, uh, Nashville's in a win now mentality uh, with the players they have. And, and that's really the hardest path of the teams available uh, for you to go in and get playing time. Yet you still chose that. And I'm just kind of curious as to why, you know, I love that you didn't shy away from it. And I think it's, you know, you've proven your worth and, and shown that you belong there and you're going to start and be a, a starter and a contributor. But uh, it's also a, a risky situation that you say, you know what, I'm going to go to a team that has uh, every, you know, all the players in my position have played for their national team and they've got all this experience, but yet you, you felt comfortable making that decision. How did you decide to, to go to Nashville with that in mind? Yeah, you know, and, and free agency in MLS is so new that there wasn't, uh, you know, there's not a ton of people that you could talk to about, um, you know, making a decision where you have several teams interested. And, you know, I'm, I was certainly lucky to, to have the year that I had and um, to have some interest. But ultimately, I just went with my gut and my gut told me to go where it felt like I was most wanted. And Nashville, uh, from, you know, the day that they could possibly talk to me, they just threw everything they possibly could. And it just felt like really well thought out. Um, you know, it felt like it, it ticked all the boxes and, you know, they just did a great job of presenting the project. I mean, the team is extremely well built. Um, you know, there is, um, a lot of value on American players. There were, it was, it's a great locker room with guys that I already knew. Um, and so it just felt like, um, it was a win-win situation. And, Honestly, I couldn't lose by by coming to Nashville just because of what had been built, the success the team already had as uh, a young expansion team, um, where they were going, and also um, the small challenge of going to the West and um, experiencing something new with the group. I felt I felt like that was a great time for me to to join a team, and um, you know it, it's it's been great. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, you know I just feel like it's a it's a top class organization. Yeah, and, and you've surrounded yourself, um, you know, with a bunch of guys that have won at other places and had some success. Um, you know, I, I think you guys are one of the favorites to to challenge for MLS Cup. Um, what are the expectations? Uh, you know, I, I would imagine for you guys, it's it's to win at least two trophies this year. Y'all, um, you know, y'all are in the you have the opportunity, maybe go for more, but. What, what are what are your expectations as a team? Uh, you know, it is a new city, a new team, but y'all are already kind of one of the one of the beasts of, of that division. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's an incredible sports city. Um, 
I remember coming on a visit and uh, watching the the Predators play the hockey team and the environment was amazing. Obviously, we have Geodis Park now. It's great. Um, it's it's incredible to see how many people come to every single game, inc- including midweek games. It's super impressive to see what's been built in such a short amount of time. I would say in terms of expectations, uh, you know, I think if you ask any player on any team, they want to win and they want to win now. And that's certainly true for us. And we do believe that we have uh, the right group to to achieve big things. But, you know, you also know that it's a grind in this league and, um, you know, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so while I feel like uh, we're in a really good place right now, we have to continue to mean that maintain that consistency. And I think that's where our experience uh, plays an important role. You know, especially this year, we have Open Cup, Leagues Cup, the MLS season, a new playoff format. You know, there's a lot that's going to be thrown at us. And I think that, um, you know, we've we've had a good start and we have to maintain that. But of course, our goal is always to win trophies, uh, especially here um, where we feel like we have the group we we need to, to achieve that. And, you know, it's never going to be easy. Only one team uh, can win MLS Cup at the end of the day. But that would be a dream come true for all of us. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think that's the expectation for those that are watching from afar. You have you have the talent. Um, it's just can you you know things go your way, and uh, it'll be it'll be fun to see. I wish you luck as you go into that. Uh, before we wrap up, we're gonna talk a little bit. Uh, I'll be people will kill me if we don't talk about your mom uh, and the force that she is on social media. Uh, I I love to cook and I love comedy, so it's a perfect match made in heaven yeah. for someone like me. And I'm not the only one. There's millions and millions of followers that follow her on different platforms is uh i can i call her linja is that you can you can okay. please um, do talk a little bit about um you know to to us she's this hysterical she's got like this great um you know older person vibe okay. online but to you she's mom right yeah. and she was your first coach and um you know talk a little bit about what it's like to be a celebrity yourself and and then all of a sudden have your mom just kind yeah. of blow blow through and, and become yeah. a talking point on things like this. Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't consider myself a celebrity, but I would consider my mom a celebrity. And, uh, you know, it's funny, my brother uh, out of college, he joined uh, Red Bull too. And he was a videographer for us. So he would travel to games and, you know, I have great memories of winning games and my brother's there on the field, uh, you know, capturing the moment and we're taking pictures together and we're winning games at Yankee stadium. And he's right there with me. Um, but then COVID hit. And so he was out of work and, um, you know, my, my parents are retired. So they were at, at the house and my brother was living there at the time. And in order for him to stay sharp, stay busy, he would just record them doing chores around the house. And, um, you know, the ones, the videos with my mom, uh, really stuck. He had a lot of fun with it. My mom had a lot of fun and that was just when TikTok was becoming popular. So my brother threw the content on there and, uh, you know, it, it quickly went viral and, uh, life hasn't been the same since. Um, yeah, my mom has been loving it. My brother loves it. Obviously my brother has kind of complete uh, creative control. And uh, my mom just loves cooking and spending time with my brother. So, uh, you know, I first noticed how big, you know, you can see the numbers on the different social media platforms, but uh, I first realized how big she was by coming to Nashville, she would come and visit. And then pretty much anywhere we went to eat, anywhere we went to pick up something, people would ask her for pictures, and I'd be the one taking it. And so uh, 
she's um she's doing extremely well they travel all over the all over the world honestly like i mentioned they just got back from japan they were in abu dhabi before that um they're going to paris so they're having a lot of fun and um you know i couldn't be happier for them you know it's a it's also my dad's involved as well he helps with the so the studio is our is the house that we grew up in my brother and i grew up in and so my brother has an apartment in jersey city but he'll drive down to to homedale and uh, my dad will have all the equipment set up for him, all the all the lights. And our kitchen is just a, a studio. We have a green screen and, um, you know, my brother's office is in the basement and he's editing the videos there. And my dad's taking care of all the financials and the expenses. And it's a family operation, but um, it's great to keep them busy and uh, they love every second of it. So, no, uh, I think it's it's awesome. And I think it's hilarious to see, um, you know, MLS personalities put it two and two together right like uh they're like oh wait a minute I, I think it was when she started wearing the jerseys in the yeah, videos yeah they're like oh she's wearing a she's wearing a a, a red bull shirt oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's like wait a minute you know it's like, <laughs> you watch yeah. the tags turn and yeah. uh, it's it's really cool um let's let's finish up on you um you've represented the the u.s at the junior level um i would imagine you know we we didn't talk about some of the other guys you played with and like Tyler Adams and right. why, you know, why y'all were, you know, so successful as a group. Um, but I'd have to imagine that's on your radar and, and that's gotta be a, you know, a personal goal for you is to, you know, not only like you talked about making the team and then mm -hmm. becoming a starter and then becoming a captain and leading them to the playoffs and now winning, winning more yeah. trophies. Um, I'd imagine that's on your, on your list as well, you know, for what's next for you. Yeah, of course, I'd love to play for the national team. I'm also realistic, you know, I'm getting a little bit older and we have a fantastic national team and, and just the talent coming up um, is super impressive. I loved watching them um, in the World Cup, obviously because of Walker and Shaq Moore, but also just because it, it's such a, a fun team to watch and root for. And um, of course, I, I would love to to play with them um, and, and be involved, but um you know, at the same time, I, I don't mind watching them as well. So uh, that'd be great. But more importantly, I think being here in Nashville, I just want to win as much as I can. You know, I think I'm past the the point in my career where I'm concerned about establishing myself and uh, worrying about that next deal or this or that. It's more about um, focused on winning now. Like you mentioned, I think this group is, is um, you know, tailored for that. And so that's where we're at as a team. And uh, just looking, trying not to to look too far ahead and honestly just enjoy it because like, you know, it, it flies by. And so um, eventually I'm going to have to hang up the boots. So trying to make the most of each and every day and eventually win championships is the goal now. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about off the field. You've always kind of been involved with the greater good. I know you were charitable with your time in college and you've, you've done a, a ton of things uh, with your time in the MLS. Obviously, we talked about cancers affected your family. I know you've done a bunch of stuff with kids with cancer, some really cool initiatives. Um, you know, what's what's something that's uh, on your mind now uh, that you'd like, you know, initiative wise, charity wise, that you'd like to bring a little bit of attention to? Yeah, I would just say, uh, you know, being that it's May, it's AAPI month and, um, you know, uh, Asian American Pacific Islander month. And I just think it's great to bring more and more awareness, um, to inclusivity and to people of all different races. You know, my mom always says that what she loves most about, uh, soccer is that there's so many different cultures that can come together, just kicking a ball around. And so I think that's a, that's a great way to look at it. I think that's what makes 
our sport special. I think that's what makes our league special. And it's just exciting to, to continue to see that sport, this sport grow in our country. And so I think the, the more inclusive we can be, um, the better for everyone. And um, it's just great to see how much the, the league has grown since, since I've been here. Yeah, and, and Sean is on social media. Um, he, he posts his opinions and he takes stances on things, which um, I, I think that's very commendable. So I'd encourage you, if you've listened to this and you enjoyed uh, what you heard, give him a follow on, on, on the different platforms. Um, you know, I want to thank you for your time today and, and just telling us about your journey. I think it's an awesome story. I want to wish you luck this year with Nashville and the years to come. Um, I know the fans enjoy uh, hearing about someone who has a lot of good years ahead of him, but has also accomplished so much at this point. So uh, thank you for your time. And that is Sean Davis, everybody. Thank you for listening to Play by Players. Visit playbyplayerspod.com for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a production of the MLSPA. Learn more at mlsplayers.org.